0: This is Ian Hartley.
1: I'm Warren Kaye. And I am Sasha Steenbergen.
0: Welcome to the Rediscovering God podcast.
1: We invite you to join us as we endeavor to see him more clearly,
2: love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly. to you as you're joining us on this journey to rediscover God and today we look at the uh, second part of the seventh sign in the Gospel of John so John uh, recounts the story of Lazarus who was a friend of Jesus and how he died Jesus was not there Jesus finally gets there and he dialogues with Martha and we concluded that part and now we continue on with his conversation with mary and so uh, we'll pick that up in verse 28 sasha if you would start us off there
1: and after she had said this she went back and called her sister mary aside the teacher is here she said and is asking for you when mary heard this she got up quickly and went to him
0: the teacher is calling for you that is Um, there's no recognition that he's her saviour. Teaching is uh, a term of respect, uh, but it falls far short of the Anointed One, the Messiah, the saviour of the world. And read verse 31 also, please.
1: Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there.
0: Thank you. So, she left quickly. Mm -hmm. This would have drawn attention to her. Um, And the professional mourners, were paid to be with the bereaved mm. so they would have followed mary they weren't paid mm-hmm. to be in the house but to be with those mourning
2: so ian just to jump back to the reference that martha calls jesus the teacher um, and, and so perhaps that's a reflection of her perception of who jesus was as you're suggesting not so much as the messiah or savior but as a teacher
0: Yeah, you see, the the whole dialogue between Martha and Jesus was, why did you take so long? If you'd come earlier, you could have saved him from dying. Mm -hmm. She sees him as a, a, a medium miracle worker. She does not comprehend that he can, and nor does Mary. In fact, nobody seems to comprehend that Jesus has the ability to resurrect somebody who's been dead for more than three days. Remember, the history is he's raised Jairus' daughter and he's also raised the, the boy at Nain. Um. So he can resurrect people, but only if you've been dead for a short while.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, So so it would amplify their concern as to why it took him so long to get back here.
1: Yeah
0: yeah they really caught up with us. It.
2: it was it was in his ability to have gotten there sooner and he didn't do it.
1: Um I was just going to say you both have been talking about the chosen uh the series um and we just started watching it yesterday. And so we're just in episode 2 and already I was like oh my goodness this is so beautiful. Um so I don't know how it's taken us this long. Um, but this, that interaction with, um, Mary Magdalene, where Jesus comes and, and quotes the verse that she has, Mm. uh, in her mind since she was a child and how he claims her and says, you are mine. And then how she then goes and says that this, this man, you know, made a miracle happen with me. Um, you know and of course I don't know at this point yet like you know historically why we're tying in who she was to Mary Magdalene and everything but all of a sudden as soon as we're talking now about Mary here uh, this image is coming to my mind of this transformation and this miracle exchange that happened Um, and also you know that we we're, we're in the Bible times now. So somehow I'm, I'm on the streets. I'm in the house. <laughs> I'm right here.
0: <laughs> Good. And Good. Uh, let me comment by saying that you can have transformations in your experience and not have enlargement of your imagination. Uh, mm-hmm. If you understand what I, what I mean, you know, you, your life can change but you don't realize how much more it can change.
1: Right, right. And you
0: recognize the power of the Spirit in your life, but you don't get how much more the Spirit can do.
2: Mm-hmm. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died.
0: Have you ever fallen at anybody's feet? Say no. No, I haven't. <laughs>
1: No, I have not.
0: (laughs) What's going on with Mary? She's suddenly weak in the knees. Mm. (laughs) This is a cultural custom. It reveals the emotional stress of the situation. You know, even in polite society today, women, if the queen comes to visit or the king, you curtsy if you're a woman and uh, you bow when meeting the king. And no one initiates a handshake with the queen or the king. Mm Right. It's just just, uh, culture. So we're talking about uh, a cultural practice here that when you want to show uh, profound respect, you fall at the person's feet. Mm -hmm. From what Mary says, look what she says. Uh, This is the first thing she says. Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Like, That's what Martha said. These two sisters talked about this. And they're upset with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And
2: and rightfully so. I mean, you know, like their brother has died. And they knew if Jesus had been there, he wouldn't have died. So, yeah, this is tragic.
0: And you know, these sisters may even have uh, told Lazarus, just hang in. Jesus is coming. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah exactly right. and they were probably so sure that of course he would come mm-hmm. well in the message
2: that he had given the um the the messenger that had brought the news that of his death he said this sickness will not end in death like I, you have it at his own word that right you, you're not you're not going to die Lazarus Jesus said you're not going to die That would rock their faith.
1: Profound disappointment.
0: Yeah, We're on verse 33.
1: When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit. Um, Some translations use anger, which is direct from the Greek, and troubled.
0: These words hardly convey that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and what he experienced at this moment. For John to have noticed that Jesus was moved means Jesus' body language conveyed these emotions. The heart of God is confronted by death, decay, unbelief, and evil. And his human body reflects the unnecessary sadness of Martha and Mary at this moment. Jesus' mission is to raise Lazarus, but the raising of Lazarus is to be a prophetic micro-enactment of what Jesus will do when he comes in the clouds. He will raise all those who have become his friends to eternal use and celestial vigor to live with him in deepest intimacy for all eternity. Was Lazarus expecting Jesus to resurrect him him in a few days? I doubt it. Perhaps he had some expectation like his sisters did that he would be raised at the last day. So, you know, I officiated a funeral on Friday at the committal service. We assured each other that the deceased would be raised up at the last day, but nobody had any expectation that he would be raised that day or tomorrow or the next day. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. and that's the situation they were in.
2: You know, as as wonderful as it would be to be resurrected, the sobering fact is you have to die first, right? And and he went through that. He he had died, and and uh, and now we're gonna look here shortly at his resurrection. But yeah, it was it was hot. it was gut wrenching
0: mm-hmm.
2: what they were mm-hmm. going through.
0: We're on verse thirty four and thirty five.
2: Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied, Jesus wept.
0: so yeah. uh, This is the verse to memorize, if you have to memorize the verse in the Bible.
2: My, my <laughs> favorite verse.
0: Yeah, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. It's as good as it gets and short as short. Yeah. Can... So Jesus did not weep after hearing the news. He did not weep with Martha. He did not weep with Mary. He wept when he was to go and see where Lazarus was buried. He was weeping because many of those he was talking to would die without hope when hope was pressing at the door of their heart. Come and see is a common Hebrew expression. Jesus used it with the disciples when they were contemplating joining him. He said, come and they asked him, "Where, where do you stay? And he said, come and see. The Samaritan woman used it when telling of Jesus. This is the fourth messianic miracle. Hmm. Uh, By that we mean there were four miracles that were uh, invented by the Jews that Messiah would do so they could recognize it. It's the most important one which confirmed his Messiahship. And Jesus' current location outside Jerusalem is paralleled by his being crucified out the city for all people. Now, I want to give you a few reasons for why Jesus wept, because this... It's very significant that he didn't weep when he met Martha and talked to Mary, Mm -hmm. but he weeps now on the way to go and see where he's buried. First of all, the Jewish leaders would harden their hearts at this miracle and confirm their own rebellion by executing Jesus. This rejection of Jesus' Jesus' love for Lazarus is prophetic of the end of the world and the determined rebellion of sinners against God's love. Look, when Jesus comes back on the clouds, it says that all the people on earth call on the rocks and the mountains to fall on them and hide them from the face of Jesus. And this is one of the reasons Jesus is weeping. He he can see this unbelief and rejection of him uh, in people, and it, it takes his mind forward to the end of the world. For the suffering of the world in the desolation of death of a loved one, Jesus is weeping. And this weeping of Jesus reflects the feeling of God over even the loss of Lucifer, his mm. right. Fourthly, because all, su- all the suffering that Mary and Martha had experienced was so unnecessary. If only they had believed in the love of Jesus for Lazarus, they would have trusted him with their loss.
2: So that's that's very profound, because had they trusted him, I mean, we can't suggest that they would have known that he was going to resurrect him. um, But if they had trusted him, they would trust that they would be okay, even though Lazarus has died.
0: So this is our problem. You know, we we glibly talk about trust in God. And of course, we trust God. But then we come up against some wall in life. Uh, And then our trust sort of goes weak. Mm -hmm.
1: I was just going to say something in this is a little bit hard for me because I mean, I would, I would like to think that he's also feeling the pain of Mary and Martha who believed that Lazarus was gone, like that this was the end and that they were in pain and that they were good friends and he he on purpose didn't come in time so to speak before he died so something in this also there's some dissonance a little bit here uh this idea of in a sense you know waiting until he's dead and really good and dead before coming and so somehow i mean wouldn't he if he's jesus be feeling the pain that he in a sense knows they're experiencing because they they asked him to come and then he didn't come right away i i'm having a little bit of a hard time with that
0: so let me suggest to you that maybe he didn't delay on purpose there were other people who needed him so yeah, it took guess. a while to get there yeah
2: i mean yeah. it's it, Although the story, the way it's written, seems to imply that he just took his time. I mean, he doesn't say he. Yeah, he could, that could have been the case, but the story certainly doesn't reflect that. You know, he he stayed there where he was for the next two days. It doesn't say he because he was so busy he stayed there for the next two days. Yeah, but he may yeah. have been.
0: Um, so uh, I think uh, the dissonance that. Uh, Sasha's feeling uh, with her sensitive heart is that uh, if he purposefully delayed that means he caused pain to people unnecessary pain so it raises this question of uh, is Jesus the teacher or is he the lover of our souls
1: you know there's a difference well, because the thing that comes up then is if he has to, you know, if Lazarus, like if this is the last one, you know, the sign, so to speak, that, uh, you know, that he has to be able to raise somebody that's been dead for so long or whatever, then I un- <clears throat> I understand that, you know, when we look at the big picture of things, we understand that sometimes hard things have to happen in order to to do that. Um, <clears throat> but then when we're looking at this picture of, you know, God is good and only good, uh, and I understand that. I don't think He's responsible for that because obviously uh, Lazarus would have died anyway, even with like without any intervention, he would have died because that's the natural cause of uh, of our sinful world. Um, and Jesus obviously can't stop everybody from dying. <clears throat> I think the dissonance was that He knew about it two days before. Uh, and that, obviously, I don't know what's in between him, the timing and everything. <clears throat> but I think it's just, it highlights the the deep sadness that Jesus must feel, or like you're illustrating here, with how much pain there is in every corner and, and what that must feel like when you know that technically you want to save everyone from pain, <laughs> right?
0: And, and, you, and that's the implication I see in what you're saying, and I value what you're saying, um, is that if God, if Jesus could do this to teach Martha and Mary a lesson, uh, um, what else does he do just to teach us a lesson? Uh, and is it true that, uh, as some people say, uh, I, I was healed. God must have worked for me to do.
1: Right, right. Is
0: that why God heals people, so he can get some more work out of you?
1: Right.
0: <laughs> mm. Or does he heal people because that's his heart? hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: And does God uh, test people? Uh, some even believe he tempts people to develop their characters. And so you, you, you end up with this kind of schizophrenic God uh, who will uh, be violent at times for your own good um, but he's still willing to do things like that and this causes an ambivalence in people and you're not quite sure yeah so we're on verse 36
1: then the jews said see how he loved him but some of them said could he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying
0: so i want you to notice how uh, there's a shift here. When the Jews say, see how he loved him, they it's there is this is a reaction to Jesus weeping. So that's an emotional response. Okay. And and then you get the logical response. But some of them said, Could he not have opened the eyes of a blind man and kept this man from dying? So I want you to see the interplay of the emotional and the logic here. That always happens when we are confronted by surprise or uh, miracles or tragedy, uh, is that we have this double response in us. We have an emotional response and then a rational or logical response. Vulnerability, weeping in public, is uncomfortable for many Westerners. We are always ready to move away from the heart into the head. And it's a personality function for some people. Can it be changed? Is it nature versus nurture? It seems some people groups are more able to express emotion publicly than other groups. I think you also have a gender divide here. You know, I I notice uh, that uh, women are more likely to express emotion at uh, funerals, memorial services, than men. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some men who can express it, but uh, I want you to know how men express emotions, Sasha. you may not know this, Uh, (laughs) but men tend to express emotion by actions. Mm -hmm. Like if I've been rude to my wife, I'll take her car and wash it and clean it. um, It's hard for me to say, I'm sorry, I was rude. Yeah. And I expect her to understand that when I do something so out of character as to take her car and have it washed, that I'm, I'm communicating something. I don't expect her to be insensitive to what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I love it. Table wash the dishes, that's what I know he's he's doing the action and what i want to say is just come and talk to me come and tell me just connect with me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, mm -mm.
0: we're on to jesus raises lazarus from the dead verse 38
2: jesus once more moved deeply moved came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance Take away the stone, he said.
0: So, yes, the parallel. Um, somebody's been uh, uh, in a casket a for four days. Um, that's not quite the parallel, because in our society, they've been pumped full of uh, what's it called that prevents decay?
1: Formaldehyde?
0: Formaldehyde, <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. Odorless formaldehyde.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so... But if it was a Jewish body or a Muslim body, um, they don't do that. They bury on the same day.
1: Mm.
0: And if you had a casket that was four days old and uh, you wanted to have a viewing, the family would object. So here we have the objection. We can read on in verse thirty-eight, thirty-nine.
2: But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there
0: four days. Do you know the odor of a dead body? That's Probably right. not human, but you smell dead animals, mm-hmm. Roadkill. So Martha does not comprehend what Jesus is about to do. Her imagination has failed her. Her trust in Jesus is minimal. He's a friend. He's a teacher. But he's not yet a savior.
1: Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God?
0: Hmm. This is a good uh, time to ask who actually believed that Jesus was going to resurrect Lazarus. Well, we know Martha didn't. Yeah. Uh, We know Mary didn't. We know Lazarus couldn't. (laughs) He's dead.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so this is this raises the question of what is our part in the miracles of jesus Mm -hmm. you know many faith healers have the caveat that if the healer healing doesn't take place it's because the person didn't have enough faith Uh, and here jesus is doing a super miracle and nobody has faith
2: he doesn't end the miracle by saying it was because of your faith that I did this. Yeah. That you were healed.
0: But now you've got the other side where it says he couldn't do miracles uh, because the people have no- So You've got this uh, conundrum. He doesn't do miracles because of our faith, but he can't do miracles if now, if what? if there's opposition to Jesus. So, well, and
2: I think it's reflected in the fact that they probably, because they didn't have faith, they didn't bring their sick and lame to be healed. I don't think it was a matter of him saying, oh, no, I'm not going to heal anybody here because you guys don't have faith. Um, it's just that they they didn't see him as of someone that could do that.
0: That's right. Um, so here's a parallel for you, is that... Um, Being born again is not because of something you've done. It's something that God has done. But some people never get born again. Why not? Because they resist it.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: And God comes to them, and um, he can't get through. There's just a wall there against him.
2: Yeah. He stands at the door and knocks, but they have to open the door.
0: The ultimate gentleman. So we're on verse 41.
2: So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me.
0: What's unusual about this prayer?
2: There's no request of what he wanted. He just is thanking him
0: already. Yeah. And Jesus' miracles are always prefaced in this way. And he can do that because he knows the mind of God. Mm -hmm. Mm Verse 42.
1: I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me.
0: Yeah, that's really an interesting statement by Jesus. Mm -hmm. He prays, not because of what's going to happen, but as a witness to the people that are here in hearing um, that God sent him, he knows the mind of God and is fulfilling the mind of God. Uh, When can we pray like that? I'll answer my question. When we thank God for the forgiveness of sin. See, we know the mind of God on that. And when we thank God for his faithful love to us, we know the mind of God. Mm -hmm. This miracle, the raising of Lazarus, is only reported in John. In the other Gospels, the cleansing of the temple leads to the crucifixion. But in John, it's the raising of Lazarus, which leads to his execution. Peter is prominent in the other Gospels, but not in John. Uh, William Barclay suggests that possibly Peter was absent for this miracle.
2: Well, and it's interesting that Luke doesn't include it either, being a doctor and all.
0: This is one of the strangest omissions. Yeah in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Mm -hmm. this ultimate miracle that Jesus performs, and they don't report on it.
2: Well, and you know, perhaps it was just an oversight, and so John, seeing what they had included, realized they had missed this one, because he writes his later.
0: We're on verse 43 and 44.
2: When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go.
0: I wonder who did that. Hmm. you Mary and Martha uh, were galvanized into action to (laughs) deal with the grave clothes.
2: Perhaps, but I I would think they're, they're still in shock. I don't think they were able to move till they actually saw him revealed.
1: Yeah, yeah. So who
0: wouldn't have been in shock, Warren? Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> who knows how long he stood there before somebody moved?
1: <laughs> oh, no doubt. Maybe the paid mourners they could <clears throat> summon it up.
0: You know, I I just imagine Lazarus doing this uh, dead man shuffle mm-hmm. <laughs> because he wouldn't have been able to move his feet.
1: I know. Oh. <laughs> Wound so tightly yeah
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. well then i have another question for you who removed jesus grave clothes or did they just miraculously fall off
2: (laughs) well because they were folded right so Mm -hmm. um i think the angels uh, that were there probably removed them very gently
1: Mm -hmm. that would be a beautiful sight yeah
0: Mm. the rising of lazarus is the seventh sign in the book of John the others are water turned into wine the official son healed third one the lame man healed at Beth Zatha the feeding of the 5,000 men Jesus walking on water and the man born blind uh, is given sight so this seventh sign is to emphasize that this is the crowning evidence that Jesus is the Messiah. He has fulfilled all the requirements that the Jews had uh, had listed. The resurrection of Lazarus is the sign that Jesus hoped would bring people to believe that he was the Messiah and some do but many, Confirm their rebellion against Jesus by plotting to kill him. Mm. Verse 45.
1: Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. Mm
0: -hmm. So when it speaks of Jews, it's really talking about the leadership. Um, So this is a very heartening text. Verse 46 to 48.
2: But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away our place and our nation.
0: I was told once we create what we fear. This happens because the negative thoughts that have occupied our minds seize on the opportunities that present themselves, which confirm our fear. This is why the Old Testament forbids consulting the dead. King Saul was greatly influenced by the witch of Endor and believed dead Samuel's words about the future. Think about your thoughts when someone you love is late in arriving for an important appointment and the bizarre reasons your mind can come up with for their tardiness. Or maybe I'm the only one in this group who has these interesting thoughts.
1: No, that's shared over here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, very... so John says, perfect love casts out fear in the sense that if you... If you get it, that God loves you, that you are the pearl of great price in his eyes, um, and that he, he carries you in the palm of his hand, then all those fears and thoughts are because of unbelief. I'm speaking to myself more than to you. Why did the Jewish leaders think Jesus' ministry would result in the destruction of the nation and Jerusalem? The Messiah, in Jewish thought, would expel the Romans, but Jesus showed no inclination to do so, and yet he is being recognized as Messiah by many people. There had been failed messiahs in the recent history of Judaism, and the specter of another one haunted their thoughts. We're on verse 49.
1: Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man dies for the people than that the whole nation perish.
0: So Caiaphas was a leader, and, you know, he had mixed motives. If uh, Jesus was proclaimed as Messiah, the descendant of David and Solomon, The position of the Sanhedrin would have been jeopardized. It would lose its significance with the Messiah ruling the nation. Caiaphas also understood that the Jewish nation was no match for the Roman Empire, uh, who would come, and he came to the ruthless and merciless conclusion that it would be better for Jesus to die than to chance a national disaster. Caiaphas was a shrewd, ambitious calculating and possessed inside information that others were not privy to. In that sense, fear led him down the path of Jesus' execution, which resulted in the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple, which is exactly what Caiaphas feared.
2: I mean, in some sense, what he said, made it does make sense. It is logical. It's better for one person to die than for the whole nation to be destroyed. And, and so that, that did make sense.
0: Oh, it made perfect sense for him Yeah, and for the other leaders. And it made perfect sense for Martha and Mary to say, what took you so long? Yeah, You could have stopped Lazarus from dying. I mean, none of this is nonsense, but it leaves out uh, the larger reality.
2: Um, it only makes sense because we can only see our side of the situation we don't see god's side of what he was really accomplishing by what he was doing
0: yeah we are on verse 51
2: he did not say this on his own but as high priest that year he prophesied that jesus would die for the jewish nation and not only for that nation but also for the scattered children of god to bring them together and make them one
0: So John's gospel was written between 90 and 100. Uh, The temple had been destroyed in 70 and the Jews dispersed. But the Christians are drawn together by the love of Jesus revealed now through the Spirit. And John is making this comment from hindsight rather than insight. Hmm. Now, Hmm. we've got uh, verse 53.
1: From that day on... They plotted to take his life.
0: I want you to notice what's happening here. Out of the goodness of his heart, Jesus raises Lazarus. And what's the response of the Jewish leadership? They plot to kill him. They plot to kill Jesus for his goodness. Uh, this, This is so important. This happens eight times in the Gospels, that Jesus does something kind and compassionate for people. Uh, He teaches uh, a kind and compassionate way of seeing life. And the religious leaders plot his death or make plans to actually kill him. Mm. And you have this in the book of Revelation in the seven last plagues, where God pours out blessing on the earth out of these golden bowls from the sanctuary And the response on earth is this awful violence and rebellion against God.
2: That's interesting, because we have always assumed that it's the violence that was contained in the bowls.
0: Yes. Uh, And it's because we didn't get this principle that the kinder God is the worst of violence on earth in Mm. rebellion against him.
2: Mm -hmm. fascinating yeah
0: so i'll just give you two references i said there were eight and we don't have time to do all eight but uh it's in the document john 5 verse 18
1: so the jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him for he had not only broke the sabbath he called god his father thereby making himself equal with god
0: so jesus has healed the man on Sabbath, who'd been lame for 38 years. Instead of sitting in the synagogue or teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, Jesus finds this man and uh, releases him from a 38-year paralysis. And the response of the leaders, they plot to kill him. One more, John seven thirty, uh, Warren.
2: Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come.
0: So this is a a principle of uh, cause and effect, is that the more Jesus loves and blesses people, the more determined the rebellion and the violence is in response.
2: That is a very important principle to understand Not just in the book of John, but also then in the book of Revelation, it becomes critical to realize that principle's in place.
0: So when we plot to take Jesus' life, Jesus usually moves away from the abusive environment. This is important when dealing with abusive situations. Jesus never recommended that we remain in abusive situations if it's possible to move away. That's what he followed in his life until the last week when he comes to Jerusalem and he knows what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. We're on verse 54.
1: Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the desert to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples.
0: So uh, we can't uh, decide where this place is. Some scholars say this and some say that. But it was certainly outside the gambit of the scribes and Pharisees in Jerusalem. We can be sure that the people in Ephraim, wherever it is, were blessed by his presence. Mm You're on verse 55.
2: When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover.
0: They had what they called mikvahs, which were like hollowed out uh, depressions in the rock where they added water and where you could uh, cleanse yourself, your feet and your hands and your face before going into the temple. And of course, you also uh, stopped eating uh, leavened bread. You know, many people see baptism as a washing away of your sin when it's only a symbol. Uh, and that's why we refer to it as an ordinance. To illustrate, let me make uh, a parallel between um, baptism and marriage. So usually for Christians, a marriage takes place in church. You walk down the aisle and you say some words, you come out and say, we're married. But that's not the reason you marry. married. The reason you're married is on one moonlight night in a state of discombobulation, mentally, you agree to live with this other person for the rest of your life. I mean, it's an insane promise to make, but that's actually why you get married. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that's why you married. If that proposal never takes place, there will never be a a walking down the aisle so we have to look uh, at the, the cause of it. And the reason people get baptized in the best meaning of the, uh, the ritual is that God proposed to them and said, hey, I want to live with you for the rest of my life, for the rest of your life. And you agree to it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's because of that covenant promise you make. Ah, and that you want to share that with the whole world is you get baptized in public. so the the ritual ceremonial cleansing, physical cleansing was only symbolic of what they desired for their hearts. We're on verse fifty six.
1: They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple area, they asked one another, "What do you think? Isn't he coming to the feast at all?" But the chief priests and Pharisees had given orders that if anyone found out where Jesus was, he should report it so that they might arrest him.
0: Yeah, Jesus had become a force that had to be dealt with. He can no longer be ignored or toyed with. The crisis was at hand. The hour had come in John's language. How could it be that the people of God believed that they had to kill God when he came in person? It is a sad commentary on the evil that lurks within us. Yeah. Dear God, we are happy to be in your presence, and in your presence we are very conscious of our own frailty and the evil that is endemic in us and will be until we are raised at your second coming or transformed. Thank you for being our saviour. We could not save ourselves from ourselves. Only you could do this for us. We are so happy in you. And we pray for ourselves that we might always find in you a saviour, not just a helper, but someone who does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. You're wonderful. We worship you. Amen.
2: can find the recording of our podcast on our website, uh, as well as the PDF document that we've been using. So you can follow along or at least see all the passages. And so that website is rediscoveringgod.ca. And on there, there is the, um, the PDF document, the uh, link for the podcast as well as our YouTube link. We are now on YouTube. So if you want to see us live, then you can go and watch it on YouTube.
1: Wonderful, and we'd also love to invite you to our Monday evening Zoom discussion where Ian and Warren lead us out. And um, we are currently going through the podcast uh, where we get to have discussion and really dive in a little deeper and get our, um, our, our most pressing questions answered. Um, It's a really wonderful time of fellowship and connection with the group. Um, We share in community and resources as well. We'd really love to have you join us. We're going to be meeting um, at 6.30 Mountain Standard Time. Uh, You just add in the link 403-506-9201. We'd love to see you.
2: And if you'd like to connect with us, you can reach us at rediscoveringgod 2020 at gmail.com. Send us an email, we'd love to hear from you and know how this journey of rediscovering the God that Jesus knew is changing your life.